Hello and welcome back to the Curiosity Podcast. Today we are joined by Rachel Wong, the co-founder of Monday Girl, which connects Gen Z and millennial women with new job, career, and networking opportunities. The platform has reached over 30,000 professional women in Canada and collaborations have included brands like Google, Scotiabank, and Microsoft. Previously, she worked at Uber's help launch the service in key Canadian markets and has led multiple teams in strategy and operations. Rachel has also been named a Bay Street Bull 30 Under 30 recipient. Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk with us. We're really excited for this episode. If there's anything you want to add to that introduction or just say hi, that would be great. No, I think you nailed the intro. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you again for coming here. I'm really excited for this conversation. So our first question is just taking you back to high school. So we're wondering what you were like back in high school before you kind of went into your career. Oh my goodness. Um, yes, this is definitely going to be a bit of a throwback. And I'm just laughing right now because I know my high school girlfriends are probably going to listen to this and they're going to have their own interpretation of what my experience is like. And I would say, first and foremost, I was um, definitely way more shy, way more introverted. Um, I would I would probably tell you that it'd be crazy. I would be, um, you know, a connector. I'd be someone that's always doing public speaking gigs. So um, it's it's a it's a pretty crazy transformation. I'd say that I had from from high school. Um, the one thing I would always say is. I always knew I didn't want to follow a traditional path. Um, I actually went to an art school. I was in the visual arts program. Um, I, I really thought I was going to go into media. That's why I studied university. So I think I'd be, I would be proud and I would be happy um, looking forward now to see that I've transitioned to my own entrepreneurship journey, um, doing Monday Girl full time. That is very cool to hear about. Uh, and I guess from high school, and you mentioned you studied media in university. How did you decide to do that? Uh, and what kind of went into that decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I definitely knew I was always more creative. Um, I think this also had to do with the fact that I was actually really terrible at math growing up. Like that was always a sore spot for me. I was um, always really proud of my writing skills. I always wanted to um, do more creative things. So it kind of gave me like the sense of where I'd be going in my life. And um, I was always really fascinated by media. I've always been really, um, you know, just involved in, in that space, even in school. So um, I, I decided to look at the different media programs that there were. I also thought about um, what I wanted from a, a school experience, um, what could I really get out of that? And how could that um, help me, uh, I guess, form the pre-adult years of my life? And I think that was a really key part of my decision. So I naturally looked at the more social schools, especially being someone that's more shy, more introverted. Um, I actually think that was one of the best decisions that I made. And I'm really happy that I thought about that outside of just like the actual topic. Um, that I studied. And, and it was a great program. I ended up going to Western University. Um, I was in their MIT program, so Media Information Technoculture. And it was very writing heavy. Um, it wasn't as hands-on as I thought it was going to be, 
but it ended up helping me actually, as I naturally actually went into a more corporate role. Like I actually had to do so much writing. I had to do so much, um, you know, thought process and, and, you know, thinking, um, with my actual role in sales, um, eventually strategy and operations. So, um, interestingly enough, my media, my media background actually helped me out with that. So it all kind of worked out in the end. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, when you just got out of university, how did you land your first job at Bell, working at Bell Media in brand partnerships? And how did you eventually transition from there to Uber? Yes. So at the time I was at Bell, this is an internship and this is in brand partnerships. And I thought that I made it. I was like, this is it. I did the thing. I went to media school. I'm finally at Bell, like much music was still very cool back in the day. Um, and I think at the time the MMBAs were still like super exciting. And I was like in the heat of it too. I actually got to go attend. I was backstage. Um, I like ran over Ed Sheeran's foot with a subway cart. That's a story for a different time. Um, but I realized very quickly that there was no space for me. And that simply had to do um, with headcount. That simply had to do with like the climate of media at the time. Um, there actually was a lot of layoffs going on at the time that I interned. So I very quickly realized that if I wanted to grow somewhere, a, there was nothing here for me at that point, which is really disappointing because I gave it my all. Like I really did my best. I think it was a, I, I tried really hard in my internship and just didn't work out. Um, so I started to look outwards and I started to think about what industries were exciting. Um, what was really cool at the time and tech was very new and emerging. And I thought, okay, you know, like I've always hated the idea of doing something corporate, but like tech seems like a, a sweet spot. Like that feels like an in-between that I can settle for. Everyone seems young. It was cool. There was like ping pong tables. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll try it out. So I decided to go into my first tech sales job. They sold me on the traveling part. What I didn't realize is that I'd, I'd be traveling to like random schools in the Midwest of uh, United States. Um, but that was like my launch into tech. It's so interesting to hear about how the trajectory of your career has changed over the years. And also really good to hear about how, you know, you can pivot after university, after your first job. Um, you know, what you do right out of university is not the end all be all. And uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear about how, you know, you thought that that was what you wanted to pursue until you actually did it and then pivoted to something you loved even more. So I had a question specifically about your work at Uber Eats Canada because you were one of the first employees and you launched and scaled the products in priority markets and generated more than $50 million in revenue. I was wondering what this process was like and what your most important learnings were, especially considering it was such an early stage company at the time. Yeah, no, I, I love that question just because when you're so early, you don't know like anything. And I remember when I first walked into that initial it was actually a mixer. Like it wasn't even a formal interview setting. It was a mixer. Um, there was a bunch of people in this, I'd say a pretty dingy co-working space. Like you had to walk up five flights of stairs. There was absolutely no AC. It was in like the dead of the summer. And 
everybody was just sweating their butt off. And it was just like a really, like, you're kind of like, oh, Uber, like you saw it as like a glossy, pretty cool thing. At the time, like Uber rides is pretty built out. So it gets seemed pretty credible from the outside. But then like I came to this work co-working space and I was like, what's going on? And I just remember thinking, I'm like, I don't know what this is. It was advertised as a three month contract. Um, so that was also very interesting because I was going from this role, um, that, that was full-time that was like, uh, as like a sales director at the point, um, selling full cycle deals to this like three month contract selling what I didn't know would be to restaurants to get them on the Uber Eats platform. Um, and that was like a totally new product. Like Uber Eats was in its infancy at the time. Like it actually was Uber marketplace. Um, sorry, this is before we had a marketplace. It's actually called Uber Instant. Um, so it was a very different thing, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty nuts that I actually had that leap of faith to be like, this somehow feels right, and I think it's going to pay off. So sometimes it's like just about listening to your gut. That's a very cool story where you didn't even know how big of opportunity this was, but something you know felt right, and I guess you, you really liked the opportunity and you gave it your all and it resulted in a very cool result and something great to add to your resume and credibility as well. But while working at Uber and, you know, doing all that, launching into that whole you know, journey, you also co-founded Monday Girl. Uh, so how did you come up with this idea and was it difficult to balance both commitments at the same time? So I'll answer that first. I mean, that second question um, first by saying that balance is a myth. I think everybody um, is probably really accepted the fact that work-life balance does not exist. Like that's like a beautiful myth that maybe some people have, but I'd say that's super out of reach for most of us. And um, in a way, it was really powerful for me because it really created that space for me that I needed at the time. And I, and I created Monday Girl um, alongside my co-founder out of this pain and frustration that we were feeling. And that was actually just being alone in my career journey. Um, and I say that not because like I didn't have awesome friends or I didn't have like awesome family or people around me at work. It really just came from the frustration of not being able to go to someone I trusted that had true industry or work experience in this exact um, space or role that I was in to give me tangible advice on how to move up or how to level up or who to talk to. Um, and that for me was really frustrating because at the time I was really trying to path myself and think about getting a mentor um, how to think about my next steps at my current role and ma maximizing that. I couldn't ask my, my parents because, you know, they're very well-intentioned, but I'm a first-generation immigrant. My parents were just like, I don't know, work hard. And I was like, okay, thanks mom and dad, got it. Um, I couldn't really talk to my friends about it because they were in totally different industries and I love them, but I don't talk about my job with them. Like that's just the reality of it. And I just realized very quickly that other people felt the same way as me. And I talked to my co-founder she wasn't in tech. She actually just moved from Guelph, like just like an hour away from Toronto, but she felt like she was new to the city. She didn't really have any girlfriends. Um, she was also trying to look for clients because she was starting her first business and she was looking for um, videography clients. So we were just chatting 
turns out she had the same frustration. She was going to three networking events a week. And these are like terrible, really cheesy networking events where there was like a bunch of dudes, you're handing up business cards. And it was just like a very painful experience. So we came together and just very quickly realized we need to create an alternative, um, which actually foreign Monday girl um, into what it is today. It's so cool to hear about how you identified that pain point and noticed someone else was experiencing the exact same problem, came together and actually created a real solution to it. Um, and you were working at Uber for seven years before deciding to work full time on Monday Girl, which I know is quite recent. I was wondering how you decided when you were ready for that change and if there was any pushback or fear you felt or received after leaving you know, this company that you've been working with for so many years previously. So it's funny that you guys are asking me about this because this is week two of being full-time with Monday Girl. So it's a very recent transition. I'd say like, check back on me and like my answer in like two, three months from now. But I will say like for now, um, I've been like fighting that good fight of that decision for the past two, three years, specifically when um, we decided to take things more seriously and actually decide to pivot the business model. Um, and it actually wasn't even intentional. It wasn't like um, a means of like, let's get more serious about it. At the time, it really was because Monday Girl was primarily events and in-person events and COVID hit. So we couldn't do any more in-person events. So we were just kind of grasping for like, what can we do? Um, and then very quickly realize that like more than ever, did people crave or need connection and a space to, to go to. Um, so we decided to launch Monday Girl digitally, which actually ultimately was um, like everything that we hoped for because it's way more accessible. We're able to gather um, so many more resources um, make that available and also really beautiful and aesthetic. Um, like that's one of our core values is like making it like a really um, fun and exciting um, space to actually go to, to think about your career because we get it. Like careers aren't sexy and we wanted this to be like a really cool and aesthetic journey. So um, when we were doing that, we didn't realize that this is going to be something so big. And we were met with just like an overwhelming response so those two years were really hectic and crazy. I do thank my co-founder for holding down the fort um, and making it possible for me to go, you know, 200% with my full-time job at Uber and the 200% with my, my other job at Monday Girl. We really balanced each other out too. Like she was um, doing all like the backend stuff and I was able to use my skills and do um, like the partnerships and the more client-facing things. So we're able to like separate separate those responsibilities. Um, but I also would say like the ultimate decision came down to um, where I wanted to be. You know, like I just thought about where I wanted to go in life. Um, Uber was so important for me in so many ways. Like I've learned so many things that I actually applied to Monday Girl. I'm so grateful for that. It also gave me like the experience of managing teams, scaling operations, going to cool cities. Um, but I ultimately realized that like my passion lied with, um, the mission that we had with Monday girl. And I just saw if I can help more women, um, with their professional journeys, like to me, like that's where, that's where I need to be. So, um, that helped me make my decision. 
That's very exciting. And I'm looking forward to see how Monday Girl will continue to grow in the coming, you know, months and years. And Monday Girl has worked with global brands, including Google, Scotiabank, uh, Samsung, and Microsoft. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering how you fostered these partnerships and how did you know when a partnership was right for the company? I love that question. I love like that second part of um, like, how do you know if it's right? Because um, I think when you're thinking about partnerships, like a key element of it is always thinking about like, what does this look long-term? Is this right? Because at the end of the day, like these people are going to be a part of your network, right? So it's like, what message are they saying? Do they believe in your mission? And is this someone that like can also receive equal benefit and value out of participating out of this? So I think it's like that mutual exchange is so key. Um, we were very fortunate in just recognizing the brands early on that our members cared about because we had that community. Like we joke, like we talk to our members like everyone's like, talk to our customers. We like cannot escape that. Like we are a community. So we talk to our customers every single day in and out. They're telling us the brands that they want to, you know, hear from. They're telling us about the companies that they want to work for. So for us, it was very clear um, who we should go after. And I think that really helped it because um, these brands saw the excitement that our members had. So like when a Google came in, they did a workshop for us. Like you could see the excitement of our members because they genuinely wanted it for so long, they've been asking us. Um, so they were happy that we could actually deliver on it. That is incredible. It's very clear that Money Girls constantly communicating with their consumer base. And I know that the focus is on Gen Z and millennial women. So what insights or experiences led you to target that particular demographic? Because it's obviously very central to you know, the purpose behind the company. Uh, and how do you keep your platform relevant to your consumers amidst the changing career landscape? Yes, so key. Um, we, I always joke to my co-founder, AC, and I'm like, we must stay relevant. Like we have to keep on the pulse and it, and I'm sure like, and I know this, like I, we talk to our Gen Z members and they're like, even we're exhausted. Like we don't know where to look and where to go to because the trends are constantly coming up. I feel like there is a workplace trend every few days. It's like, there was like quiet quitting last year. And then there's all these other terms that have popped up. Um, but I find it really fascinating because I love that this new generation of women talk so candidly and openly about their careers that no other generation has had before. And I think it's so important that we continue to have another space that's more long form than short form to actually discuss it and action it. Um, so I think what we've been identifying early on, like for myself and Isiana when we we're first graduating, was like there was still like very much this like double wears Prada idea of like what it was like to be like this like boss babe. And this is when like the girl boss movement was like still in full, full force. Um, and we're like, oh God, like I don't want to be mean. Like, I don't know if I identify with that. Like it just felt like very scary and I think it's really really healthy that like throughout time like you know we've we've been having so much more discourse and healthy conversations about what it means to like think about your career think about your life separate the two but also combine the two at the same time so um it, it's been really really awesome to like 
continuously like get that from our members who we talk to every day see that in social media like I'm in TikTok 24 seven, like everybody else is, that's been helpful, but also just to like, be able to like have these really fun conversations and make sure that what we're doing is actually relevant because if we're not, then like, we're not doing our jobs. For sure. That's a key aspect of kind of creating this community that can support women. Uh, and I'm curious how you envision Monday Girl to progress uh, and expand over the next few years, especially now that you're, you know, giving so much more time to it. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited to finally have the space and time to to really think about it. But um, I would say like in an ideal world, like we still hear the story over and over again of um, women that graduate or women that are even further along in their careers and they're trying to pivot industries and they're like, oh my God, like, do I have to restart? Like, who do I talk to? I don't know anybody in X industry. So we want to be that go-to place and we want to make sure that we help these women feel heard and make them make sure that they feel supported in that journey and that progression. So um, ideally we're in every city possible. Um, we're also blending both digital and in-person because we're going back to our roots in person. You can never um, replace that feeling. And it's been so exciting to see so many different member meetups across uh, the country and we're actually doing our first member meetup in New York City pretty soon. So we're just so excited to see more Monday girls all across the world. That is so exciting. And I will be following along with the latest with Monday girls. So I am, I'm definitely excited to see where it goes over the next few years. Uh, I know that networking is very central to the purpose of Monday Girl and also just crucial generally in the professional world. With Monday Girl reaching over 30,000 women in Canada, could you share some tips or strategies on effective networking both online and offline? And how has building a strong network benefited your career personally? Yeah, totally. I would say networking it's just like a love hate relationship and i think it's so important that we change um this perception of it like maybe you can call it something else because networking truly does suck right like when you think about networking you think transa transactional icky one-sided and the problem is um if you really really think about it and you break it down to its core networking should really be seen as um, creating and forging new authentic relationships. And you don't know where these relationships can take you. I've been very fortunate. Um, I can speak to like how networking has helped me in my career. Um, it's the reason actually I was able to um, actually land my first gig at Uber. I was able to identify that the hiring manager actually went to the exact same school as me, right? So like he went to Western. I saw that on LinkedIn and then I was able to tie it back to that common ground and like make it a, a more natural conversation. So it's like, even though it wasn't necessarily like quote unquote networking, it was um, the act of just being able to genuinely um, build a, a stronger relationship and use like the new information that I had to, to be able to do that. So I would also say my very first tip for networking would be come with no agenda. Like if you can do it, do it throw away the agenda, just try to get to that, to know that person and hear them out because 
that's where like the best relationships start. Technically, you can say I networked my co-founder. Um, we didn't really know each other um, back in the day at school. We were somehow basic friends. I thought she was a student, really cool thing. She was a YouTube creator at the time. She was putting out so much content. I reached out to her because I thought she was awesome. And then like, look at us now. Like we actually created this amazing business um, without knowing each other before. So I think that's really exciting. Um, number two would be think about networking within your own peer circle first. Um, don't just go after shiny things. And I mean this as in, don't just think about networking as like, who is the most senior person with the coolest title that I can go after? Um, A, those people actually don't always have the most time for you, meaning that they won't actually be the most helpful for you. So like, if you're in a networking event and trying to go after like the main speaker, it might not actually do anything for you because they're just going to be busy. They're just going to like move on to the next event possibly. What could be more helpful is actually maybe even getting to know some of the peers that are at the exact same level as you, because you don't know where they're going to go. I've been very fortunate um, to have had so many introductions to other opportunities because of peers at the exact same stage as me say, Rachel, I was approached for this, but I am not in this. And I thought of you, right? Like those are like some of the most like amazing connections and I'm able to pay that forward with them in that same way. Um, and then the last piece of advice I would have is really just do your research because it will take you a long way. Um, and I mean, you two are experts at it, right? Like you, you do podcasts and maybe that's a great example of it, right? Like you're doing a podcast and you want it to be this really organic conversation. You're going to make sure you read up on them before. And you, you have some stats and info before, because that's, what's going to make the converse, take the conversation one step further. It's like when you move past like those small talk, small talk conversations, um, that's when you're able to like really get into like the nitty gritty and that's where they can actually help you out the most. So like, just be very, just be very directional with your questions because at the end of the day, the other person they're receiving and they don't have a lot of time, um, to be helpful, but like everybody wants to be helpful. So just help them do that for you. For sure. I have to say, I really love your approach to networking and what Monday girl is doing since it's all about like, you know, creating community and like more so a connection with a person rather than just, as you said, like be transactional with them. Like, what can I get from you? Like, what can you get from me, et cetera, et cetera. So I really love exactly. what you're working on. And um, also was I would chime in and say, um, there has an, a lot of research done on this and so many studies on if you were to ask a group of women versus a group of men on how they think about networking, the reactions are so different. And that's the problem. Like the problem. And like, we always talk about this, like the boys club, it's like this women are, are tend to be so repulsed by the idea of like networking. Um, cause they see it's transactional versus men being like, well, yeah, like I go golfing with my boss every Sunday. And it's like, this is a problem, right? So it's just tackling it on a little bit more heads on. We can't get to the root of misogyny, unfortunately, like hopefully one day, but I would say, um, what we hope to do is like create more spaces for women where we can actually help each other, lift each other up and, um, be able to like be that, that supporting force for each other. For sure. That's awesome. And I'm happy you mentioned that kind of stat, cause it is important to bring up. And yeah, our last question is just about the challenges you may have faced as an entrepreneur. 
So do you have like a particularly challenging moments or a mo- like several moments uh, during your time, both with Uber and balancing Monday Girl? And how did you navigate through it? I would say every day, probably, yeah, like definitely every day. I'm like thinking like, is that too much? I'm like, no, no, it's definitely every day. Every day there will be one challenge that like just will be, and it'll feel like almost like life ending. Sometimes it'll be an email or be like a glitch, a technical glitch, something out of control. And I'm just like, oh my God, is like, is this the right thing? Is this like the right thing I should be pursuing? Um, and like myself and my co-founder joke about all the time, we very quickly realize that other co-founders or founders feel the exact same way. And it never, apparently it never gets better. So I'm like, oh God, I'm in this for the long haul. But the best part of it is like the lows are really, really low, but the highs are really, really high. So like there is that, like, if you're going to call it balance, you could call it balance. I'd say in the flip side of just like the day-to-day logistics, which can be very frustrating. Um, I think like one of the toughest periods for us was like when COVID did hit and we had to think about whether or not this side hustle at the time or or project as we called it was going to be something we wanted to continue but it really came down to like the, the the mission that we had and we realized like hey like we didn't just do this to like to to be quite honest like we created this on the side like ECN still had her full-time business I was working full-time at Uber I thought that was going to be my life we really realized um how important it was what we were doing um I even remember that very first brunch that we held uh everyone paid for their own brunch it wasn't even organized it was friends of friends and two of the women had actually received job offers from a new connection that they had made at that brunch so it's things like that that keep us going um and just realizing that like we actually have like that incremental effect and networks are so beautiful that way it's like it's it's like a waterfall effect it is so inspiring the amount of obstacles that you face but you kind of just keep going because you love your work and you also love the mission of monday girl and you know in reality founding and running a company is of course not easy but it's very important to to have a passion for the mission and then that makes it easier to go through the obstacles um so very inspiring and again I'm very excited to to see where Monday Girl goes even from here. I think this is a really great note to end on, but I would also love to hear three action items from you uh based on what we talked about for our listeners. I know we already got our networking tips from you, so I don't know if you can think of maybe a three additional kind of takeaways uh based on kind of the other things that we hit today. No problem. I can do, um, I'll try to brainstorm now three other actionable pieces of advice. Okay. I'll make these a bit more personal versus just networking based. Um, I think the first piece of advice that I can give is don't give other people advice (laughs) where you can. Um, and this sounds very counterintuitive, but like, I'll tell you why I'm saying this and I'll say like, the nature of this. The nature of this is because you are always going to be projecting your own experiences onto somebody else. And it's so important when you're networking 
or you're mentoring and like I'm talking to um you know like this this audience of future mentors of people that are going to give back um always lead with stories always leave with experience versus like tell it right so like I think it's so important to always like take that as with a grain of salt whenever uh, a mentor is going to give you like actual feedback it's like they don't really know where you're gonna go and like they're just gonna tell you the feedback based on their own experience so just like take maybe like take maybe the advice is actually take advice the grain of salt um the second piece of maybe I'll just say like a tip um is think about the think about the brand that you're building very early on um and I would say that I'm very fortunate to have had um, this thought, like probably put on me, like from a, like an early stage. So like, I actually really thought about this when I was like in university, I actually was able to think about like the clubs I want to be a part of, um, what, what I wanted that to look like to a future employer. And I actually was able to take this into my journey with starting Monday girl and also at Uber. Um, and I think you'd be really surprised how your personal reputation, personal brand starts to matter more at a certain point in your career than like the actual experience because at the end of the day like everyone will have had that same level experience right like we're just going to assume you're really smart and great because you're here what's going to matter more is like your reputation so like really think about like what that looks like obviously from like that LinkedIn perspective um, but also just from like a good person perspective like if you are someone that's always helping other people you're taking initiative you're really good at collaborating with people like that's going to shine. Um, and I think that's where people really want to vouch for you. Um, and that, I think that leads me to my, like my last point is pay it forward. Um, you'd be so, so surprised, like how people remember that. Um, I remember like very early on, like there was so many people that actually said yes to a coffee chat that I cold reach out to in LinkedIn. Um, I am still connected to a lot of them to this day. And I've been able actually now that I'm a little bit more um, I, I experienced in my career that I can actually pay that back to them. And I've been able to give them opportunities. Um, and I think it's like such a, such a cool experience and such a cool feeling. Well, thank you for those action items. I really love them. And I also really liked the one about taking advice with a grain of salt, because it really does depend on who you're getting the advice from and if they have any contacts into where you're going what you're doing so that is awesome and thank you so so much for your time today this discussion was so insightful uh and we really appreciate you taking time out of your day of course no thank you so much for having me this is so much fun and yeah excited to listen to all the other episodes too